Je suis enchanté. Où est la bibliothèque Voilà mon passeport. Ah, Gérald de Padier. Baguette. Oh, baguette. All right, we are back, and I think we need to talk a little bit more about uh, KDVS and how we do depend upon listener support, and who better to help us do that than the general manager, Neil Rood. Welcome back to Radio Parallax, Neil. Thanks for having me on again. Well, uh, you know, economic times are tough. We all know that, and they turned out to be uh, tough this year for KDVS, and we need to, I guess, work a little harder. We didn't quite reach our goal. We only reached $40,000. A few people are it was a little more than that but that was because we had a fake pledge from uh, a not real dj shadow <laughs> but oh. um yeah so we are at forty thousand dollars but fundraiser.kdvs.org is uh, still up and running and you can donate online there still well let's hope some people are going to do that uh uh y- you and i talked a little bit during the pledge drive about some of the, the services that uh that uh, KDVS is bringing. I think a lot of listeners just sort of know what they are, but let's, you know, let's, let's, let's tick a few of those off. You know, one of the things that we had talked about on your show, actually, was uh, that we're trying to kick off a new uh, California-wide, and who knows, maybe it'll become a, a national college news network. Um, but we're, we're starting off here just using our own original content to start a new show uh, that's like half an hour long and focuses on things pertinent to the Davis community and to uh, to UC Davis students. And uh, we're working on also in- incorporating some other college towns in on that. UC Santa Barbara has expressed a lot of interest in it, and it took us a little while to get it off the ground this year, so they were disappointed. We had told them at the beginning of the year we'd do it. Yeah. Uh, but now it's happening, and, you know, th- that's one of those things that if we have a hard time reaching our goal again this year or, or we don't reach it, you know, that – that may be under the axe just because we won't have the money to to buy the resources we need in order to make those kinds of things happen. Well, you know, you and I have talked about this. I've talked to GMs before you about this. It's It's been a long-term, very desirable goal to try and work together some sort of UC radio network, and it would be it'd be terrible if, they, if that fell victim of fundraising efforts or, or failures therein. So, yeah, I really want to really get behind you on that one. I mean, for example, one of the things is this year we're getting a $10,000 cut to our budget uh, on top of the fact that we still haven't reached our fundraiser goal. And a lot of that money is coming out of, uh, you know, these programs that are not essential to us uh, being on the air. So even though, you know, a lot of the programming might start to degrade in quality and, you know, we'll have to go in between a few weeks on replacing our tubes, so some people may lose uh, coverage and you know, some of the fringe areas, are, you know, near the end of our, our transmitters, tubes, life, and everything. Um, so, but as, as part of that $10,000 cut, we're cutting some of our uh, core staff salaries. And they're, they're extremely small, but, right. you know, it makes it, uh, makes it an option for students who can't afford to stick around during the summer to do that and to keep working at the station. You guys are not, no one is getting rich down there from, from that. I donated a, uh, probably by the end of fundraiser week, my whole salary for the month of, uh, of April to the fundraiser. And, you know, that, that's a measly, uh, you know, $390 or something like that. Wow. Really more of a reimbursement of what we put into KDVS for, for those salaries. And it, it makes up a very small portion of our $140,000 budget, which this next year is going to be $130,000. And, 
you know, if we don't meet, reach our fundraiser goal, then it's only going to be $110,000. I mean, that 140000 number is still the smallest out of all the UC radio stations because we don't have any salaried individuals that, you know, take up a 30000 40000 50000 of our budget. Wow. I, I did not realize that, that we actually are getting less money than, than any other UC station? Yeah. Some of those stations have part-time or full-time salaried staff at those stations. Really, one of the biggest expenses that a lot of organizations, especially nonprofits and service-oriented uh, uh, organizations that don't have a physical product uh, like KDVS does, you know, a lot of what we do is service, their biggest cost is salary. And for us, that's not even a third of our budget. Well, again, that, that's a further reason to commend the core staff and what everybody does, of vol- so many volunteers, uh, you know, contributing. Um, are there any, any events we want to draw people's attention to? I know that uh, we talked about the, the concert, that's the annual concert that's put on every year that's very popular. Sometimes it's biannual this year, it's annual, but Operation Restore Maximum Freedom is happening on May 19th out at Plainfield Station. And we've got a, a big lineup with everything from a hip-hop producer to the UC Davis Gamelon Ensemble performing. It's, it's going to have a, a, lot of, wow. a lot of cool bands to check out, and we usually have like 250 to 300 people show up at Plainfield Station. There's a bunch of food and drink and uh, a lot of fun and a lot of music. Well, I, I assume that it'll be possible for people that want to attend that event to maybe go to a table and chip in, too. Are we set up for that? Yeah, we're going to be taking donations there. We'll also be taking donations out at Celebrate Davis this next Thursday on May 17th as well. Um, it's, it's one of uh, the Davis Chamber of Commerce's big events in the year, and a bunch of businesses come out. And this year, KDVS, we're not actually uh, paying for anything because we don't have the money for that, but we're, we're offering some volunteers in order to, in order to be at the event and try and get some support there as well. Well, I know that you'll be leaving us soon at the end of the month, I take it, to, to be mm-hmm. replaced. But uh, I hope but maybe before you go, we can do one more update on this. And, and, and maybe maybe during this month, think of some special event where we can, we can help with this. I know that we've talked to Chloe about maybe getting some of the public affairs hosts all come out and meet people and have, a, have some sort of, a, uh, I don't know, meet and greet where people, people get a chance to donate then. And I'm certainly going to kind of promote that in the meantime. Yeah, and we're uh, probably in the future going to focus on having more events kind of like that. Uh, we're going to have to get a little more creative with our revenue this, these next few years, just as the university taxes the student uh, government more and more. Part of the reason we're having that huge cut, I mean, the reason we're having the $10,000 cut this year is because the UC uh, Office of the President is, is putting a tax on every single transaction we, we have. We're also, the university is charging us more for our facilities this year uh, this next year. And, uh, you know, even though as students, we already give the university, I think I'll have given the university over $60,000 by the time I'm done here. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the university really is, is crunching down on us to, you know, uh, keep the administration to be way bigger than it needs to be. Well, again, Neil, let's talk about it one more time before you, uh, you, you, you head out. And I know Will Durst put on a special event for KZFR Pinchico uh, last fall. He's amenable to such things, and maybe we, can, maybe we can do something like that, a special fundraiser. Yeah, yeah, we could have some benefit shows or something. That'd be great. All right, well, we're not going to give up. We do have more money to raise. We're going to keep, uh, keep pushing people to do just that for what is surely a worthy cause. Just head to fundraiser.kdvs.org. can pledge online there. We've still got a bunch of our premiums up to send you out as thank you gifts, so your dollar really does you know, go twice as far as it normally would.
We're speaking with our general manager, KDVS, Neil Rude. Neil, thanks for the update here on this, and we will continue to keep pushing. And, um, again, come back before you're done, and we'll uh, we'll see how we're doing and, and maybe remind people that, you know, it isn't just a, a pledge drive once a year or even an extension like we're talking about now. People can donate anytime they want year-round. Uh, yeah, they can. And should. All right, Neil. All right. Well, I definitely have one reason that a person might want to consider supporting KDVS. That is the fact that we are the purveyors of America's foremost political comic, bringing you Mr. Will Durst on a weekly basis, such as right now. Hey, guys. Will Durst here to join in on the newest game sensation sweeping the nation. Yes, it's time again to play that quadrennial favorite, Guess the Vice Presidential Pick. Since Mitt Romney has sewed up the Republican nomination tighter than one of Chris Christie's old suits, the only drama left is which name the former governor of Massachusetts intends to put on the bottom of his bumper sticker. So let's look at the field of potential running mates. We'll start with the vanquished competition. First off, Ron Paul, 1,000 to 1. Less chance than a snail hauling a piano qualifying for the 100-meter dash at the London Olympics. Newt Gingrich, same thing, only the snail is dead. Rick Perry, the snail is dead and the piano is made out of uranium, the heaviest element on Earth. Herman Cain and Michelle Bachman, <laughs> more dead snails, really, really heavy pianos. Sarah Palin, yeah, doing the same thing over again and expecting a different result, the definition of insanity. So, 30 to 1. Donald Trump? Nah, but if Romney gets elected, he could put the Donald in charge of the FAA to avail the airline industry of some of that aerodynamic hair. Same thing with Chris Christie and the FDA. Jeb Bush? Eh, long shot. 15 to 1. People need a bit more time to recover from Bush fatigue. Like, three decades. Tim Pawlenty? Former governor of Minnesota? 8 to 1. The only problem here is you'd have two guys so white, people might refer to it as the albino ticket. Rick Santorum? 10 to 1. Mostly if Mitt needs some Old Testament righteousness to counter that squishy Mormon thing. Bob McDonald, governor of Virginia. Now we're talking. 6 to 1. Bringing us to the favorite, senator from Florida, Mario Rubio. Dead even. 50-50. A Hispanic and the state of Florida. Fits together like seashores and halter tops. So that's about it. Fascinating, right? Yeah. And this is supposed to keep us occupied till the end of August? going to be a long summer. For Radio Parallax, I'm Will Durst. Yeah, it's going to be a long summer, but we do want to hear more from Mr. Durst. So to help make that happen, remember that you can and should pledge at fundraiser.kdvs.org. All right, enough said. talk about some other stuff we do have the capability to play songs on this program as you well know but one i think we're going to spare you is when the swallows return to capistrano which as i recall from the dim dark past was not a very good song but sadly the swallows are not returning to capistrano the mission at san juan capistrano was famous because uh, supposedly the swallows returned every march 19th allegedly on schedule. Of course, the swallows were there all the time, but they'd ring a bell and they would come out to get fed and everybody seemed happy by this. But 
Apparently the swallows are currently missing in action down in Orange County. Kind of a weird deal. The birds have been associated with the mission since the 1800s, but um, very few are left, and they're trying to bring them back by playing swallow courtship calls through loudspeakers up to six hours a day during the mating season. Apparently this current problem dates to the 1990s when uh, the nests came down during a project to retrofit and resurface the church ruins. Of course, I'm sure the urban development uh, down there in southern Orange County has not helped. It does appear that uh, a bunch of damn fools took all the swallows' nests down. As a consequence, the birds found the real estate a lot less inviting. They're apparently trying to coax the birds back now by attaching fake nests to the eaves of the buildings, uh, but that's apparently not fooling any any of the uh, swallows. They've noted that in the decades since then, the swallows are indeed returning to San Juan Capistrano. They're just not going to the mission. They're building new nests under freeway overpasses and in local creek beds. Of course, I like, I like the analysis here in this article in the, in the B by Jillian Flakus, quoting Charles Brown, a cliff swallow expert who's consulting with the mission, who said, the removal of the nests likely precipitated a regional population decline that was already underway. Evidently, the cliff swallows prefer flat open spaces, but urban sprawl has meant more trees planted by the region's booming human population. I don't know. You'd think if you could put a man on the moon, you'd find a way to remove a swallow nest and then glue it back up. Wouldn't you think? I don't know. We're still hoping we can bring Tom Knudsen on this program to talk about uh, the disappearance of different animals, coyotes, and numerous other types of fauna. This decline in animals uh, comes from the results of the little-known federal agency called the Wildlife Services. Anyway... Uh, great three-part piece by Tom Knudsen. We hope we can talk about that in the weeks to come. We do need to find out why it is we pay federal officials to kill beaver. Speaking of misuse of resources, we'd refer you to New Scientist Magazine's April 28th issue for a pretty hair-raising piece titled, Whose Water Is It? Describes how China, our future slave master, is taking control of Asia's great rivers at their source. Notes the piece by Fred Pierce, with its vast ice sheets and monsoon runoff, the Tibetan Plateau is one of the largest sources of fresh water on our increasingly thirsty planet. It in fact supplies 1.3 billion people with water for irrigation and drinking and offers the promise of unparalleled hydroelectric power. Yeah. Who owns that water? The article asked the question, as China looks to claim the vast flows that emerge from the water tower of Asia, what of the rights of its downstream neighbors? With Chinese hydro engineers moving in, questions like these are fast becoming incendiary geopolitics with China at center stage because it has plans to dam or divert each of the five great rivers that emerge from Tibet's high plateau before tumbling into neighboring countries. We're talking about the Indus, the Brahmaputra, the Irrawaddy, the Salween, and the Mekong. This is scary stuff. Chinese are salivating over the water resources and the possibility of hydroelectric plants. And again, points out to people who think that we need to have non-polluting energy sources, there's a hell of a high price to pay for certain types like hydroelectric. You flood vast areas of land to produce the reservoirs that power the turbines. This is hardly a, a problem unique to Asia, however. If you follow the Colorado River course the United States, you will find that it pretty much peters out before it gets to Mexico, whereas there used to be a thriving estuary 
at the north of the Gulf of California where the Colorado entered. We talked a bit about this some weeks back in our discussion of the Salton Sea. And unfortunately, given that water is a very important issue and going to probably be the oil of the 21st century, as they say, we're going to have to keep talking about this on our program. We will do so. And of course, when I do refer to the Chinese government as our future slave masters, I don't mean that in a negative way. I'm sure we'll all do very well under the coalition of the Chinese Communist Party and their good friends, Wall Street speculators. I mean, it's been working pretty well so far, hadn't it? All right, I want to talk about a few obituaries, and I want to talk about some scientific breakthroughs, but I think we'll do that in our third segment and make it a long one. So let's get out now. You're listening to Radio Parallax. I'm Douglas Everett. Stick around. And a big finish. I'm tired of the soup to show. He's been with the world. I wanna- 